Hello everyone, welcome to the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss and I'm joined as ever by Jonathan Fadugba. Uh, how are you doing my friend? Um, a bit of sensational news uh, over in Sweden. Hi Steve, hi everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we have a very interesting show for you today and yes, we're, there's no other place to start but arguably the biggest news in Swedish football for over a decade, the signing of Marek Hamzik to EFK Göteborg. And that's going to be the first talking point of this week's show. We're then going to talk about Granada v Molde in the last 16 of the Europa League. Don't forget, that was a historic occasion there that we uh, haven't spoken about since. So, you know, we'll, we'll uh, re recap and preview that game. But uh, yeah, the, where else can we start? But the huge news that came out of Swedish football this week, the signing of Marek Hamzik, Napoli legend, to EF Court Jotobot. Yes, and I saw in the build-up to this, I saw a few rumours around on Twitter and things, and I'll be quite frank, I just laughed them off because I've seen this sort of thing before where, like, uh, a kind of a big name uh, is is linked. Uh, it's usually someone a bit older, in fairness, who's passed their sell-by date a bit, but, you know, reputation's still there. And I kind of laughed it off a bit, and then it, it, it was gathering more momentum and it got more serious, and then it's like, wow, this has actually happened. Um I mean, Marek Hamsik, I didn't, be honest, I didn't even know he had been over in China at all. That just shows you how much I knew about him. So that's where he's come, basically coming across from, isn't it? But uh, to move to IFK Jotterborg, I mean, it's a sensational news. Um, how, how on earth has this actually materialised, Jonathan, would you say? Yeah, it's an incredible transfer. It's the biggest talking point in Swedish football for, you could argue, two decades um it's that big you know there's discussions about is this the biggest transfer in Svenskan history you know and, it, and it's definitely up there in terms of uh, reputation and prestige um, it's going to elevate the league to a new level as you mentioned rightly you know when uh, when the rumors sort of started it was very kind of you know uh, <laughs> unbelievable really didn't really think it could maybe potentially happen uh, as he mentioned correctly, you know, Hamzik is now 33 years old. He's been uh, playing in, in China. And anybody who's followed Chinese football of late will know that there's been a, a real shift in direction. The clubs have decided to um, narrow their investments. You know, you'll remember, Steve, over the last sort of uh, five, ten years or five years, maybe Chinese football, there's been huge investments bringing in players on huge money, um, which is partly why Marek Hamzik ended up in China in the first place. That's all changed now. The philosophy is completely changed. And that meant that uh, Hamzik, as many other players in, in, in China, have, have kind of become surplus to requirements. So his contract was essentially ended there. And Hamzik himself is looking for somewhat, looking for a club to sort of play some football. He's not played football since um, September. I think it was his last appearance, September 2020. So it's a long time with no games. And the, he was looking for somewhere to play. You know, he mentioned that um, he, he wants somewhere we can play football before the European Championships. Um, so that came about. So the whispers came about that he might move to Sweden and, you know, he was maybe offered to a few clubs. And is EF Core Jotterborg, who we talked about on the last show, didn't we? We, we? we talked about how they're a sleeping giant, maybe, or how they've kind of fallen off, uh, fallen on hard times, but they're still a massive club. And they are the team that have landed him. Now, the mechanics of this transfer, you know, it was it was reported and it came out in the last few days. He then eventually agreed terms with the club. Um, he, he, he came in to sign. 
And when he arrived at he arrived at uh, Camrat Garden and he arrived at Landwetter Airport in 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 in, in, uh, in Gothenburg Gothenburg Airport, a place I've frequented many a time in my life. Uh, and he was greeted by 90 fans who turned up with um, EF Corps flags and EF Corps, you know, uh, masks and things like that, EF Corps scarves to greet him. Um, the airport has actually got into a little bit of trouble with the Swedish police for kind of not exactly doing much to, um, you know, adhere to the social distancing mm -hmm. rules, of course. But uh, 90 fans turned up to greet Hamzik. Uh, he then, when he was escorted to the to the to the club's sort of uh, location, the, the club's uh, based in Camrat Garden. Um, Fans turned up there with flares, uh, waving flags and stuff at the stadium um, with these red flares. I think if you see on social media some of the scenes, it's like um, Hamzik described it as being like being back at Napoli. Uh, you got an incredible reception, which just shows you the potential of, you know, um, and, and the, the sort of love in Sweden for, for, for football. And yeah, the, the transfer was done. It's not a huge amount of money. In fact, um, there's reports that he's not on a huge amount of money, to be honest. Um, so the financials don't i don't think they're huge but uh, of course this will give him the chance it's only a contract till august it gives him the chance to come in get some game time the season obviously starts in a month's time he can play he can get some football under his belt and then he can go off to the european championships hopefully fresh and, and ready to go so you know it's a, it's a win-win situation for both teams uh, sorry for both both parties for hamzik uh, he gets some game time he gets some football for ef court it's a huge huge transfer it puts them back on the map uh, whether or not it works out you know there's it's not exactly been widely received and w widely welcomed in all quarters, but um, the majority of the opinion is, you know, this is a huge, huge coup. And for the league itself, for Svenskan, I mean, when I saw the transfer break, EF Corp put a video on social media and people who usually don't take any real interest in the league were tweeting about it and were sort of talking about it. So that just tells you this is a huge transfer for Svenskan and it's going to be a lot of fun covering him in, in the season to come. Yeah, I mean, this is a big deal. Um, I mean, as, as you do, one of the first things I've done, I had a look at his football manager profile. And uh, do you know what? His, his attributes are sensational. Uh, you know, he, he could easily play for a Premier League club, I think. Um, he's still only 33 years old. Uh, for those people who, who aren't aware of his best position, centre midfielder, attacking midfielder, very technically great player. But, I mean, all round, really. I mean, this is a guy who spent 12 seasons at Napoli. So, um, I mean, he's only, still only 33 year old. He's not like he's over the hill. And uh, I can tell you, you just said uh, that they put AFK Otterborg back on the map. I can tell you with Nordic Bet, they are now the second favourites to win the Alsvenskan. I mean, you would have expected them down sort of in the mid-range table, um, you know, probably about five or six, seven teams ahead of them. But now, you know, they've moved to joint, joint second favouritism along with uh, Ashley Hammerby. Uh, seven to one shot for those who are interested. I mean, could this one signing potentially um, make them basically a challenger for the league? Uh, short answer, in my opinion, no. I don't think one player comes in and wins in the league. There's teams that, don't forget, you have called well, towards the bottom of the table last season, finished towards the bottom end and only just managed to kind of get out of that trouble. Um, but a few factors to bear in mind. Number one, they have, they have European football this season. They've got the Conference League. Uh, so, of course you know potentially that could help them in that in the bid to qualify for europe you know they're going to be in the qualifiers and of course having marek hamzik in, in your in, in your roster is only going to help you isn't it so um i think from that point of view they can look with confidence um certainly as you've mentioned uh steve the the, the profile of it is, is massive and um 
it's not just Hamzik that I think would probably have led to the shortening of the odds. EF Core made some big moves this window. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it in, in the weeks to come, but they, they've also brought in a few other players. Um, Corbyn Sig Torsen's coming from OU Core, which is, you know, an interesting signing. He's never quite done it, but but still a striker who has some repute. Um, they brought in Simon Tan from No Shopping, who's a, who was a big, big player for them. Uh, so, you know, they brought in Kali Johansson as well. So there's some there's some big names coming into to EF Core at this moment in time. Uh, and they, they they don't stop there. There's other players that there's rumoured to be signing and uh, maybe not quite com- confirmed yet, but there's, there's a lot of talks of some top, top names coming in. So, you know, he's been described by Pontus Vermeulen as world-class. As you mentioned, maybe he could still do a job in the Premier League. Um, Pontus Vermeulen said, I knew he was good, but he has some incredible qualities, you know, uh, you, and that is exactly what we need. Uh, there's also talk of... Um, Marcus Berg uh, and Oscar Vent coming in. So, you know, Marcus Berg is a big, big player, a Swedish international. There's a lot of there's a lot of good vibes at EF Court at the moment. You know, Hamzik came in and said, this reminds me of Napoli fans, you know, the reception he got. Um, he said kind of he, he wants to kind of play football and, and, and win games. He's got a very good impression of his new teammates uh, and the city, which, of course, I can vouch for. Uh, an incredible city to live in. So I think he's going to have fun there uh, if he can deal with the weather. But um, I don't think it's going to necessarily make them title contenders. I think they're stronger teams. They've, they've just been knocked out of the Swedish Cup. Of course, they were holders, but they've, they've been knocked out. So, um, you know, only they, they could only draw with Gifsundsvall, and that basically contributed to their exit. So I don't think we can go too overboard. But uh, certainly, if you look at where they finished last season, I think they can look to be finishing a lot higher um, this coming year. I mean, what would you? I mean, this is a major boost for Swedish football in general, isn't it? We were talking uh, throughout sort of last year on the podcast and the off season that it felt that Sweden was maybe a little bit flat compared to Norway, um, perhaps as well. Um, in recent, uh, in the last couple of years, it's been more hyped around Norway than Sweden. So it's kind of a, a boost that Swedish football needed, perhaps. And um, there's not really anything I can think of comparable in in the last even last decade, let's say. I think I was seeing on Twitter Ben Wells was saying maybe Nicholas Bentner's signing for Rosenborg was was was, was big. That's probably the one sort of big move that can be can go down. I can't think of too many others at all that go anywhere close actually to Hamzik's move. So unbelievable boost for Swedish football. Can they can they kind of make the most of it? Yeah, and as I mentioned, you know, last season the EFCOR finished twelfth. So you know they were only six points above relegation qualify playoffs. You know that's that's way. They were, you know, look at the other. If you look at it the other way, they're only six points off eighth. So, um, <clears throat> you know, the, sorry, the six points would have would have wouldn't have taken them to eighth. So they're way off in terms of you know getting towards a challenger for the title. I mean, they're they're, they're you know a good nearly twenty points, 30, nearly thirty points behind the title winners. So is Marek Hamza going to come in and make up thirty points? I'd be very surprised. Uh, and don't forget, he's only there on the contract till August. So who knows what will happen. And there's been some criticisms. Some people have said it's a short-term signing. Uh, there was a quote from uh, someone in Sweden who's given a, an interview with the media and said that you know he believes it's a short-term signing and, and it can backfire. Um, but you have to look at it from this point of view. You know, like you've just said, it's glamour. Um, this is the biggest transfer probably in Sweden since Yari Lippmann to Malmo in 2005. You could argue. Um, you know, a player with a world-class reputation. Um, coming to Swedish football. It's not like someone, you know, some of the other names, high profile names that have come in in recent years, 
then nowhere near the level of, of Marek Hamzik. This is huge from that point of view. Still a still a Napoli legend. He is completely loved in Serie A. People, anyone who loves Serie A loves Na Hamzik. You know, this is a player who's got 100 goals for Napoli. You know, this is a player who broke Maradona's record, goal scoring record at Napoli. Uh, Diego Maradona, the great Maradona, and Hamzik broke his record. Um, so it's a huge, huge player. You know, he won he's won two Swedish, uh, sorry, two Italian cups with Napoli, beating Juventus in in the final. You know, so he he brings an undoubted quality and an undoubted prestige to the league. There's an interesting part of the finances here where, because of the European Championships, there's, there's a sort of payoff pot, isn't there, where UEFA actually pay clubs whose players are involved in the national in the in the European Championships. They pay them a proportion of their salary for for a period of time or a compensation figure. So ironically, EFCO are going to get paid quite a bit of money from UEFA for Hamzik's participation in in uh, in in the European Championships at a time when their league will be suspended. I think I think there's a pause during that period of time anyway. So it's potentially also a shrewd bit of business for me. Of course, it's not going to bankrupt them in terms of finances. Um, so I think it's a smart move from from their sporting director. And it's one that could be very, very interesting. Now we'll see what happens in terms of where it where it takes them in the league. You know, certainly they they've lost Kirishvili, for example. So the attacking midfield slot, I think he can slot in there and provide some creativity. Um, I still think he's got enough to do a job in in, in Sweden for sure. I still think he's got the quality. So yeah, it's a really, really exciting signing, I think. And um, you know, he said. Uh, he doesn't know a huge amount about Swedish football. He said it's new to him. He needs time to read up on the other teams. But he said, we'll get ready for the new season. Uh, it's good for me to learn Swedish football. I've played Sweden before. They're always tough to meet, physical. But right now, I'm not thinking of the European Championships. I'm just thinking of playing for EFK Jotterburg. And that is what he is going to do for the next six months. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. Um I mean, what I, I'm really kind of pleased for the club. I think they are a bit of a sleeping giant. And, um, you know, I said, I mentioned that there would be a great FM save for someone to do. And I think after the, the late ne next update in a couple of weeks, uh, FM, when they do trans the winter transfers thing, then that is a great save for someone on Football Manager. M imagine mar managing Hamsick at uh, FK Yotobo. Pretty uh, good thing. And uh, we wish him well from the Nordic Football Podcast. And I think we're going to move on. Um, to um, the Europe, Europa League now with Molder, but anything you want to add before we we conclude this on Hamsik? No, that's it really. I think it's uh, as I said, uh, it's a world class signing uh, in terms of reputation. I think I, my only hope is that fans can come into the stadiums, and there has been talk this week actually about fans returning in in, in small numbers from April. Uh, it's not official yet, but there is preliminary conversations taking place. Maybe groups of up to 100, 250, possibly. Uh, my only hope is that EF Core fans get to see him live in the stadium because it'll be a huge, huge shame if he doesn't get to play in front of fans. Uh, so, yeah, really, really excited, actually. That's that's given me a real enthusiasm, and I think anyone who's listening to this podcast should be very, very excited because uh, it's going to raise the profile of the league. It's going to obviously help us as a podcast. We're going to hopefully attract more people listening, and people will be wanting to know what, what he's up to. So, you know, let's see how how EF Core get on, and and like you said, Steve, it's the sleeping giant. I think, as he said about football manager, it's definitely uh, one of the saves you might want to you know revive their fortunes. So, yeah, positive signs, exciting times, and let's see what uh, where it goes from here. And I think the only other last thing I'd say is, you know, some people talk about him being maybe a bit over the hill or a bit old or short termism, but you've got to look at the 
you've got to look at what it brings to the league and, and brings to the club. It's, it's going to put EF Core, like I say, on the map. And, and in terms of being 33 years old, Hamzik's, I think, quite a young 33. I think he's still got a lot of football in, in him. I don't think he's necessarily like a finished player just looking for a last payday. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come to Sweden. So from that point of view, I think uh, it could be exciting times. I think if he's got the hunger and the determination that's had carried him throughout his career, then it could be very, very exciting for, for everybody involved in Swedish football, except maybe Beko Hackenfan. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, it's interesting that um, he's such a... Do you remember when Emil Heskey went to the A-League in Australia and they actually had Heskey cam over there? Yeah. On, um, on, they're gonna have to have like hamsit cam aren't they in in in, <laughs> in the street in uh um, there but um and i agree with you I, he's nowhere near over the hill 33 year old some 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 players are getting past their peak at, at 33 but i think he's a young 33 as well loads left in his tank it's not like he's like you know 36 37 really knocking on the retirement door i think he, they're genuinely this this is a world-class player it's coming to Arsvenskan, so looking forward to seeing him in action and it's a real uh, fillet for the league. Hundred percent. Let's move on now, then. So let's. Uh, well, the excitement keeps on going because uh, you know we haven't had a podcast for a week or so, but we have had some huge, huge news in the meantime, and that is Molder. Molder pulling off the biggest upset in about fifteen to twenty years in, in Scandinavian football in Europe by knocking out Hoffenheim. Uh, Steve, over to you. We're going to sort of we're going to zigzag between the two leagues in, on this podcast um, because there's big news coming out of both leagues, uh, and we've got the Europa League uh, last 16 tie against Granada taking place this week. So, firstly, Steve, put into context the achievement of Molde knocking out Hoffenheim. Take us back to that result. Yeah, I mean, I didn't give them a prayer, did I, in the second leg against Hoffenheim? But they performed magnificently. Uh, 2-0 victory. We didn't actually, we've not actually talked since then, have we? I mean, I did um, a complete uh, tweet commentary of the match on, on the NFP Twitter account. Followers, by the way, at Nordic Footpod, if if you haven't already. And, um, you yeah, know, early, um, sorry, um, Eric Ullen Anderson scored both goals for Mulder. Um, the first was a really well-placed shot in the first half and the second was right on the break at the death. So a 2-0 win for Mulder and on aggregate five goals to three. So, um, you know, I, I couldn't believe they, they managed to beat Hoffenheim over two legs and uh, it's kind of crazy how they managed to do it, but they're there. Some heroes all over the field. I think the goalkeeper, Andres Linder, was, for me, the, the main man over the two legs. He was absolutely sensational, but some guys that you wouldn't expect stepped up at the back, like Sheriff Sinian, for example, who I've given a bit of criticism to before, but Reese, who plays centre-back when he's normally a left-back, things like that. But, you know, they got into the hat, and I've got to be honest, I was... I've never been so excited about a Europa League draw in quite some time. Um, you know, um, I guess you are kind of used to Europa League draws in recent times, Jonathan. Um, but uh, not not so much myself. And uh, I was genuinely excited. I was a bit disappointed. It was a bit like a lead balloon when Granada got pulled out of the hat uh, against Mulder, especially at that stage. There were a couple of big dogs still available, including Man United. So, how did you personally feel when Granada was the draw? Yeah, it was disappointing because it would have been nice for. Uh, I think they had, you know, AC Milan was a potential candidate, Spurs, Arsenal, uh, Manchester United. So, probably a bit deflating. But uh, the other thing to bear in mind is Malmo were knocked out as well by Granada. So we've already seen Granada play. Um, 
they weren't a hugely exciting team and when I in that match I'll be honest they, they just got the job done they were overall probably the better side against Malmo uh, so now it's up to Molde to sort of carry the carry the fight for uh, for uh, Scandinavian football um, I don't expect it to be a hugely entertaining game necessarily but Granada are quite a solid solid team I think they probably will go into it as favourites um, what's your outlook on, on the game itself Steve do you, do you see Molde having any chance and, and what's the is the game being played in a you know some far flung land, or you know is it, is it going to be playing in Norway or what? Yeah, um, you know, I actually wrote a list out before um, the draw was made about what was the best sort of possibility for Molder, and of course you want one of the big star teams, don't you? And I actually wrote down Rangers was probably the best possible draw they could have got. You know, big team, but actually a winnable game, really, in, in some respects. But I think really, only apart from the um, Ukrainian sides. And maybe Olympiacos, the Granada's about as bad as it could have been. However, maybe it's a winnable tie because immediately afterwards, uh, I saw a few tweets come in and saying, oh, they've got loads of suspensions for the first leg. And I'm just actually having a look at a preview here. And they're, they've got three suspensions due to an accumulation of yellow cards. And uh, in total, up to a dozen players could be out for Granada in this first leg, including Maxime Gonalon, ex-Leon uh, man i've got to be honest i don't really know much about spanish football i don't watch it so um I, i'm gonna try and get some sort of expert on uh, before the second leg so we can get a guest on about granada but they're not exactly the most high profile club are they but you well, know some good players i mean let's take a little quick look i mean they've got kennedy who's uh who's i think he's still on from chelsea um he did quite well in the game against mold if i'm um, against Malmo, sorry if i remember rightly uh, Roberto Soldado, of course, formerly of uh, of Tottenham, he's still there, a bit of a veteran. Uh, you mentioned Gonalon as well. Um, you know, Dimitri Fouquier, who used to be playing France. You know, Jesus Vallejo is a player who um, who has done quite well. Um, I think formerly Real Madrid. They do have some quality. This is the first time these two teams will have ever met, so it's it, it's a new experience. Granada haven't been in this round before, so um, it's certainly going to be you know a landmark game for both. Uh, first encounter for Granada against the Norwegian opposition. So, yes, um, whatever happens, history is going to be made either one way or the other, isn't it? Um, what's the shape of Molder going into it? Are they, you know, because Hoffenheim had quite a few injuries as well, didn't it? So, are the stars aligning here for Molder? Is there potential to get to the quarterfinals? Well, the last match they had, Martin Bjornback was ruled out due to illness, and uh, their big uh, centre half, Gregerson was suspended there back really the only two main injuries are long term Ola Bryn Ilsen with a broken leg and Christopher Harold sign who's been out with an ACL injury since uh, June and probably Ui Umoy Wanfoam is, is ruled out although he's maybe the possibility to return at some point over the two legs so in terms of injuries and suspensions they're in good shape obviously one downside is they're just you know they're not in any sort of then like Granada in the middle of their league season towards the end of it they're well matched fit and things like that yes they've got a lot of injuries that's the downside for them but Molder the only two competitive matches they've had in the last three months has been um, you know the Hoffenheim game and due to Norwegian restrictions which I'm going to talk about after this preview then uh, you know not even really had a chance to do friendlies and things so that is a problem the first leg is going to be played in Spain by the way in Granada the second leg is going to be in Hungary the Puskas Arena it seems to be the location that everyone's going to these days, it's like the the informal place, isn't it, for these? Uh, the <laughs> Mate, are you sure about? By the way, sorry to interrupt, but are you sure about that? 
Well, that's what I read. I'm There's looking at the chase. Nah, I think you're wrong, mate. The press kit says he's playing in Granada. The first leg is in Granada, yes. Yeah. And the second leg is in in Hungary. Really? Yeah, the second leg is going to be in Hungary. It was announced just a few days ago, unless it's changed again, which I can't believe. But um, it says it's played in Norway, but it could be wrong. No, it will not be played in Norway due to the Norwegian restrictions. Um, right. So, yeah, it's going to be in Hungary. Um, I think the Liverpool have been there against Leipzig twice. The Spurs were there as well. Everyone seems to be heading to Hungary. It's like the place to be, isn't it, um, for these uh, n- neutral sort of ties. But it will be the home leg for Mould second time around. Whether or not that suits them, I don't know. I've got to be honest. I mean, I, I think Granada will win the first leg. They, you know, they're in the top ten in La Liga. They just beat Napoli over two legs. They do have a lot of injuries though, so it's difficult to know without knowing them that well how much it will be in effect. I mean, I think over the two legs, Mulder are going to be competitive. They're going to have their chances and moments. So, but they're going to have to be very clever. They're, what they've got to do, what they were against Hoffenheim, they they were very lucky to stay in the game. Like the first hour, they could have been blown out of the water. They have got to adapt very quickly. If you know, if Granada get off to a hot start, they've got to make the coach early moves. Got to make some tactical adjustments potentially quickly. Can't be lingering until half time if things are going bad. So they've got to really. They're going to be thrown into the deep end. I think on Thursday night, it's a question of how how quickly they sort of adapt to the situation. Because I think the Spanish side will be very. They'll be very good technically, won't they? They're a good side, not to be underestimated um, at all. So, uh, tricky test for Mulder, but why not? You know, over the two legs, they've got every chance. Let's see what they can do. And, uh, yeah, just a few facts on, on Granada. They uh, they are one of the only teams to have made it. They're the, the only team to survive uh, of the teams that are making their debut in the knockout phases of the Europa League. Uh, Antwerp, Hoffenheim, Leicester City and Wolfsburg were the other teams in it, making their debuts at this knockout stage, all eliminated in the round of 32. And I'll give you a bit of a quiz question here, Steve, before we move on. Mulder are bidding to become the fifth different Norwegian club to reach a European quarterfinal. Can you name the four other sides who have made it this far? Quarterfinal. Oh, yes. Um, well, Rosenborg made the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Volerenga actually made the quarterfinals of the Cup Winners' Cup. Ah, after that, I'm not really sure what I'm going to say. Um... Let's think of a side that's maybe done well historically. I don't know, actually. I'm struggling. Maybe I've got a gut feeling someone like Lynn Oslo might have had a random run. Bang so, on. You bang on. Yeah, Lynn Oslo. 1968, 1969 European Cup winners. Cup so, one more team. Um, it's got to be someone like historically big. Maybe like Viking or Lillestrom. Can I get your final answer? Final answer is going to be Lillestrom. Three out of four ain't bad, my friend. 75%. The final one is Brand 1996-97 UEFA Cup Winners' Cup oh, God, finalists. None of these teams have made it to the semi-finals, so a huge night awaits Norwegian football. Uh, Molder Granada should be a very exciting game, certainly in terms of history. So we will see how that plays out. Um, but let's move on because we've got other things to talk about on this podcast, and we're going to move back to Sweden now, are we? Yeah, we can move back. Yeah zigzagging across we're going to discuss the swedish cup yeah the swedish cup what's the latest goings on there jonathan what stage are we at in in that competition now yeah well there's been some uh, big games and some big results and of course the holders as i mentioned uh, in, in, earlier in this podcast are out uh 
EF Koyotaborg knocked out by virtue of failing to beat Gifson's foul. Um, Noah Shopping advanced ahead of them, seven points against EF Kors five. Uh, that was the only point that Gifson's foul picked up, by the way, in the group in that group. Um, they 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 lost all the other two games, uh, including to San Vikens. But uh, yeah, there's one or two upsets in this. Uh, I would say the biggest upset probably Degafors. Degafors have qualified, winning every single game. Uh, six goals scored, one goal conceded. They knocked out Elsborg uh, and Falkenberg as well. So that's a, quite a big shock. Mm. Otherwise, mainly most of the teams, you know, maybe it was expected. Uh, so you've got Eurogarden, Bekohaken, Degafors, uh, Ostersunds, you know, qualified ahead of Mialbi, which could be considered a, a bit of a turn up for the books. Um, Nor shopping, of course, as I mentioned, knocking out EFK Jotterborg, finishing top of their group. Trelleborg as well, big shock there. Trelleborg uh, in the second division, Super Retin, finishing above IK Sirius and Odebro. So that's a quite a big upset as well. And then Hammerby finishing above Oiko. So uh, Hammerby made it through. And, and there was a really, really good game, uh, Steve, this weekend just gone. Hammerby beating Oiko. 3-2. Now, this was a huge, obviously, Stockholm derby. Um, no fans in that giant stadium with Hammerbees, of course, but uh, nonetheless, a huge game. And there's a storyline there that could be one to watch for the coming season because you'll remember my 10 to watch last season. There was a player in there by the name of Akun Kin Miamu. Yes. Young Nigerian who barely played a game, of course, so maybe I've gone a year early on this, but I will tell you one thing. He scored... One of the best goals you will see in the, in any game in Sweden this season, guarantee it. Get go on YouTube, Google Hammerby IAK, get yourself to go and look at that game. Get on Wirescout, whatever you can do. Uh, I think they posted it on their Twitter account Hammerby as well because uh, this was messy level uh, from a move. Literally got the ball on his left foot, uh, jinked in one way, jinked in another way, beat one man, cut into his left foot and curled it top corner after I think 20 minutes of that game. Uh, unbelievable goal. Genuinely, I don't I don't compare to Messi lightly, but it was Messi-esque. Um, now, this is a player who uh, I did say last season I hadn't seen much of, but I'd had very, very good reports on from people I know. And um, if this is a bit of a sign of things to come, then he's going to be very interesting to watch for Hammerby fans. It was a brilliant goal. Um, Rodic scored a, a great goal as well uh, in the second half. Um, and they, they held on eventually to win 3-2. Uh, I think Ludvigsen scored as well. And that's obviously... It's always good getting one over their, their big rivals, AIK, so they've knocked them out of the Swedish Cup and they will go through to the quarterfinals. So the, the quarterfinal lineup uh, I can now reveal it is uh, Norshipping against uh, Hecken. That looks quite a tasty tie. Degger 4 against uh, Vastoras. So a big, really big chance there for kind of a lesser team to make the semi-finals. Uh, Jorgan against Ushersund is an interesting one. And then Hammerby against Trelleborg. Um, which of those ties catch your eye? Yeah, I think all of them would be quite interesting. They're going to be played this weekend. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, Norshipping will be interesting to see how Ricard Norling, you know, how he's revitalising his new Norshipping side. It's going to be a very new look this season for them. So uh, they're playing Beko Hacken, and that should obviously be a good game. Um, evenly matched, probably. Uh, obviously, Degger Fours against Vastaras is is a bit of an outsider's bet for the for the you know for the semi-finals. Uh, newly promoted Degger Fours, who we'll talk about in in the weeks to come. Uh, then Eurogarden Ostersunds, and probably you know in Stockholm you'd expect Eurogarden to to see off Ostersunds there. Uh, Eurogarden have been pretty solid so far in, in this preseason. Uh, and then of course Hammerby will be favourites against Trelleborg at home. So 
I'd probably, you know, I'm not afraid to stick my neck out on this one. Probably I would say that if we don't see Eurogard and Hammerby, uh, Degafors and maybe Hacken in the semi-finals, I'd, I'd be, I'd be maybe quite surprised. But I think North Shopping have an outside chance as well of, of going through on home territory. Incredible! Uh, you must be getting fed up with the splinters on the fence there. <laughs> <laughs> four outright predictions from you incredible but i'll tell you what then who's going to win the swedish cup well since since you had your uh you've inspired me with your seven three predictions uh of uh, from that hoffenheim molder game you know maybe maybe uh you know maybe I'll, i've taken some inspiration from you who's going to win the cup that's that's the that's a bit more of a fence sitting question um you know what i'm gonna I, i'm gonna say it's your god or hammerby so uh stick my neck out who if it's a year garden how would be fine like, i don't gonna, know i don't know whether the semi-finals already been predetermined or not no they're not uh, predetermined no uh, i'm gonna predetermined. i'm gonna stick my neck out and say i think your garden will probably win it but i think hammerby have got a good good chance if i couldn't give me a mood does anything like he did in the in that game against oh you then they could go all the way their squad's looking quite uh interesting actually you know they they're developing quite well um they've got good balance good blend so uh i think they but but to be honest your garden they're looking like you know they mean business this season so so i'm gonna tip your garden let's say interesting one so uh you are right in saying that uh the three home teams however you got Degafors, they are strong favorites with the bookmakers and uh, there's plenty of pedigree left in in, the, in this i mean your garden heck and i think they won swedish cups in recent times you know, so, um, you know, the pedigree is certainly there. And in terms of the league itself, then, we're, we're heading towards um, yeah, the start of the Osvenskan, uh, about a month away. I mean, is that sort of confirmed? Is that the latest thing? And is there any sort of uh, transfers that have caught the eye apart from Hamzik recently? Yeah, of course, there's a lot of transfers going on. And, and let's not forget, of course, um, Malmo have been knocked out, which is a big surprise, you know. And uh, for the champions to go out in that group, I think it was... was uh, unexpected to say the least, really. Uh, so that you know, they finished below guys. They won one. They won one out of three games and lost two. So uh, pretty, pretty shocking to get knocked out to Vastaras. Um, but uh, they've sort of made amends. Well, maybe made amends in the last few weeks. They brought in a few names now. Of course, when we last spoke on the podcast, they hadn't brought in anyone. They've now made one or two signings. Uh, a forward called Antonio Kolak, who's coming from Powak. Now he's coming in. He's given it a big. He's given it the big Zlatan talk. You know, he's come in and said he thinks he's going to have a bigger impact on the league than than uh, Marek Hamzik. So, pretty big words, isn't it, from uh, Antonio Cole? Um, certainly, obviously, not afraid to <laughs> to make an entrance. That's a, like a WWE character. Um, but yeah, he's he's come into to, to Malmo, and uh, you know they they they're still looking to bring in players. Um, uh, Jack Lane, I think, is an interesting signing for Beckel Hacken. I think that's one that we'll, we'll keep an eye on. He's not really, since leaving Bromma Poikin, his career has not really developed. I think he left too early, in my opinion, going to Amiens in France. Didn't really work out. Came back to Oiko on loan. That didn't really work out. Went to Oibro on loan. That didn't really work out. Still a young player. Um, I question some of his career choices to date, Jack Lane. And, you know, I think the move to Beko Hacken is potentially a great, a great move for him. Uh, maybe get some playing time on that, on that pitch. Uh, smaller stadium, maybe a bit less pressure. Uh, I think that's potentially, hopefully, that can work out for him because he ha has got a lot of talent. Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't want to go through every name, but there's there's quite a few transfers that have taken place. Those are some of them that have caught my eye. 
Um, we've talked about already uh, Lucas Forsberg, uh, what you call it, a big name coming back to Sweden, by the way, um, away from uh, Marek Hamzik is Nicholas Stefanelli. Now, I'm really, really happy to see him back at Oiko. They've brought him back in from uh, from Chile. Uh, he's a player that I saw live. Uh, if you remember, we did a podcast about two or three years ago when Oiko beat Hacken 6-1 away. And uh, Stefanelli was incredible in that game. And I never quite understood why he, he didn't quite make it at Oiko. It kind of went downhill from there, and then they kind of let him go off. And I never really understood why, because I, I remember saying on this podcast, he, he's, he's a bit like a sort of... Um, Osvenskan Aguero, you know, I really thought he was a good finisher, instinctive box player uh, for, for for a brief period of time in that season when Oiko won the league and, and and I think the year before it, you know, he was a real, he was a player I thought would really, really go on. Um, and I don't really know exactly what happened there, but he's back, uh, second chance and all that. So um, I, I'm really happy to see him back and I'm interested to see how he does because I think he has got a lot of ability in him. So uh, those are probably three names that have caught my eye. And of course, in the coming weeks, we'll be talking a lot more. We've got a season preview. We'll be coming in the next few weeks uh, with the season to set to start in April. And uh, for anyone who enjoys fantasy football, Osfenskan uh, Fantasy is back as of tomorrow. So, um, you know, get your pay- pen and paper at the ready. And and uh, it's going to be a fun season, the Osfenskan Fantasy. Let's see if you can avoid finishing bottom of the leagues this season, Steve. <laughs> I, I fully expect to be in contention towards the top. Of- <laughs> fantasy this year but it's interesting you talk about the jack lane signing i think most amia fans couldn't wait to see the back of him really they they don't rate him at all i mean he wasn't seen much to be honest he wasn't exactly given much of a chance there but i think uh, most of them were i mean there's a guy i uh, used to talk to um he was actually the deputy mayor of amia he was don't think he is anymore but he was very excited about that deal when when they got him um, but it just never really worked out. And uh, I must can point out, it has finally happened. Kalmar have grabbed their Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's called Rafinha. So um, they've, <laughs> they've uh, signed him. Sorry, no, they've lost the Brazilian. They've lost him. Rafinha. You're getting carried away. You're getting carried away. Getting carried away. I saw a Brazilian. <laughs> got really excited no way there will be i'm pretty sure there will be some brazilians they've actually got rid of a few uh maxwell has gone to recife uh, and one or two others so uh, yeah as you said rafini has gone out so um i don't know maybe, let's see with calma maybe they're going to have a bit more of a sensible strategy this season they've just actually sold one of the, their, their best players uh feed analiti he's gone to fc zurich in switzerland which is i think um it's an interesting move anyway i, I think that uh Kalmar are looking to maybe, you know, they brought in Jonathan Ring from Eurogarden as well, which is, a, you know, not a bad signing. So, who knows? Maybe Kalmar might might avoid their uh, minimum three Brazilians policy this season, but uh, still a long way to go. The shifting players, actually, Kalmar, they got rid of Maxwell, another Brazilian. They've got rid of Gaia, Gaia Andre Herum, who ex-booted them player, of course. Um, he's moved back to the Norwegian second tier with Asane. So, yeah, it looks like there's plenty of ins and outs for Kalmar recently. Uh, this sort of thing you expect from that, that, that club. And the league is going to be getting underway in uh, roughly a month's time, uh, I do believe, Jonathan, and, and potentially even with fans there. Yeah, as I mentioned, there's, so there's been some discussions with the, the Swedish government and the, you know, the public health and all that kind of thing about having some fans back. Um, you know, I really, really don't want it to be two seasons without fans. I think... It, you know, I'm, it's, I'm getting. I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm quite tired of it all now. 
Um, don't get me wrong, obviously, health and safety has to take priority. But I feel like as a society, like, surely we've got to get a grip on this at some point. Um, you know, so I really, really hope we don't have to have another season without fans. I think even one season without fans in, in England has been, it's borderline crippling clubs. I, I don't think people realise the extent to which this could cripple football. You know, I think there's a lot of clubs who could go out of business quite soon, to be honest. Uh, and I'm talking big clubs, you know, not necessarily even uh, in England or, you know, look at Barcelona, for example, they're bankrupt. So I think that football hasn't really had its day of reckoning yet with 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 um, the, the finances that we're missing. And I just really hope we can get 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 a grip on things and, and get some get some, um, you know, get some fans back in the stadiums in terms of, um, you know, what's happening with COVID and that, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there are discussions now to maybe bring in at least sort of 250 fans. Uh, we'll see how that goes, of course. Um, you know, one sort of tidbit as well coming out of uh, EF Core Jotterberg in terms of, um, you know, engagement from the Hamzik signing. They announced that they'd signed uh, almost half a million kroners worth of, of uh, annual passes. So the season ticket sales have rocketed, um, you know, they, there was a quote from their one of their, I think, commercial managers uh, who said a lot of fans bought in in advance of the speculation, but uh, they said that we've only released 3,000 annual passes this year and we currently have 700 left. So that tells you the real excitement to see Hamzik play. And of course, you know, we just really, really hope that, that, that it can be allowed to do so because, um, you know, when you've got stars like that in the league, people are going to want to see them. And I couldn't give me a move, as I mentioned, you know, we've got Joel Osorio at the Deal Garden. We've got a lot of sort of big names joining the league. Uh, so, yeah, you know, as I said, in terms of the latest, there's still ups and downs, really. Um, it's hard to really get a, a clear idea on it. The, the state's epidemiologist, Anders Tegnell, has said that he thinks it's over, over, um, over-egging the pudding, basically. He thinks that maybe there won't be fans. Uh, from 11th of April when the season starts. So it, it's really, really up in the air. He said today it is not inconceivable. We still have a high spread of infection that we need to keep down. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 I really, it's really, really hard to tell. But uh, no formal decision has been made by the government. And also there's one thing to point out. Uh, Hammerby have had a recent um, case, uh, spell of COVID cases. So there's been quite a few players, I think, have gone down with COVID. So, you know, this... this, uh, this Scourge is not gone. Uh, we have to sort of obviously be careful, but I, I just really, really hope we can get some some kind of clarity on it and get some kind of, um, you know, ability to have, even if it's just socially distanced, you know, a thousand fans. I think that should be manageable, really. But, um, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of mixed messages, you know, so we'll, we'll see where we go. And, of course, we've got to the 11th of April to uh, to make a decision. Yeah, and unfortunately, that has not been the case in uh, Norway. The initial first round was set to be on uh, 5th of April, but unfortunately, some news came out today that it looks like we're going to be put back to May the 2nd now, uh, which is obviously a big blow, um, but not entirely unexpected. The country has a uh, very strict sort of protocol on a bunch of things. They've not allowed any of the friendlies to go ahead this year, for example. And, you know, it's just the way things are going. Um, I would be very surprised if we do see any uh, elitisarian action before before May, sadly. So very disappointing news, not entirely unexpected, but the, the, the Norwegian season looks 
very likely to be pushed back. Yeah, well, I guess we can look at the positives. Last year, we had to wait till June, didn't we, Steve? So maybe you, you've got an extra month in your pocket. But uh, no, you're right. It's um, you know, it just this is another reminder, isn't it, that this situation hasn't gone, and and you know, the worst case scenario would be two two seasons without fans. I mean. I really worry, like I say, about the financial state of some of these clubs when we come out the other side of it. It's going to be touch and go whether some of them survive. It really, it really, really is. Um, so let's hope that um, we can find some sort of way forward, whether it's through vaccinations and that kind of thing. And uh, and maybe, like I say, just get even a thousand fans, you know, five to a hundred to a thousand fans in, in the stadiums, socially distanced, you know, with masks and vaccines, hopefully can be managed. But um in the meantime, I think that's probably about all we've got time for. Is there any, is there any big transfers in the way that we should talk about this week? Um, nothing in particular, no. Uh, there's not been a lot of deals, to be honest. I was updating some of my spreadsheets uh, the last couple of days, and it's not been too many clubs that have had that many ins and outs yet. And I guess it's not a surprise we are in COVID times. Um, you know, If any deals that have gone through generally been between Norwegian clubs, quite a few coming up from the second tier up into the Elitis area, and probably I would say Lillestrøm looked like the most active club both in and out at this moment in time, Some, and you kind of expect that sometimes promoted teams need that. Um, but I, I, I would, I mean, if, if the start date of the season goes, you know, into May, they're going to have to extend the transfer window for me, and, you know, that will that will give teams a chance to, to do that. But I'm not sure, you know, what the finances are like with some clubs. Can they afford to bring guys in? I think we quite a few loan deals as well that will be made. Um, um, and, you know, now we're a good, potentially, um, you know, two uh, well, two months away, sadly. So, um, you know, it's a real shame about that. But we, we, we've got to move on and, um, you know, we've just got to be positive and look forward to things. I was a bit critical today on Twitter about it, but there's no point going in, in hard because there's um, both sides of the coin to look at, isn't they? And, um, you know, we just got to look forward to football. If football comes on the 2nd of May, you know, with maybe even with some fans, that's great. Yeah, and you mentioned you wanted to do some team guides. Do, do you still want to do those or do you want to save them now that the league's been delayed? I think we can probably save them, but I will be looking to do some um, small team guides uh, in the next. Now we've got eight weeks to prepare. You know, um, I can I'm probably do a couple of small team guides every week, maybe five minutes a piece. Not not in depth, but just to give uh, listeners a chance to get their grips on the basics of, of each club. Maybe there's people listening who are thinking, what club should I support here in Norway? And people like to clubs. People like to support clubs for loads of different reasons, don't they? You know, some like to like the kit, some like the history, some like the location, or even the type of sort of players and fans that they've got. So that's what I'm going to be sort of doing over in the next few episodes, just giving, um, you know, people a chance to to know the teams a little bit better without going too in-depth. Be nice and chilled sort of guides. Yeah, we've got those to look forward to and we will be bringing some fantasy guides as well. Um, don't forget to grab us on patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. Now, if anyone is wondering, we, we have been approached by some sponsors in the, in the last few weeks and our intention, I think, Steve, I think you'll agree with me, is probably to try and keep it sponsor-free this season as we always have with our adverts. Um, but, you know, the financial realities could dictate otherwise. So if you do want to support us with uh, the price of a pint or the price of a, I don't know, a Swedish pudding or a Norwegian kipper or something, um, you know, get on patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. And, you know, you can, um, you can, you know, can sort of support us financially to make sure that the pod is advert free. But we'll see how things go. Um, 
Uh, anything else before we wrap up? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you, Steve, before we go, any any movements around Buda Glimt? Has there been any sort of big signings or big departures that we should be aware of? Champions? Well, the big sore news is surrounding Casper Juncker that he's linked with moves away from the club, but nothing's happened yet. They were linked with signing Lars Jürgen Salveson from Stroms Godset, a big target man unit who did well last season. But unfortunately, he's now ruled out for the whole season with an ACL injury that he suffered in an internal training match. So bad news for Stroms Godset. But they do have Fred Friday on the roster who can get them some goals, hopefully. And so, uh, yeah, I just want one thing before the. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Heskibo at heskibo underscore esn on twitter um who has been doing some uh he's now called beginners elite series pod he's been doing some fantasy um podcasts and he did an episode with neil baxter a friend of the podcast uh, this week and uh well worth a listen so i just want to give heskibo a shout out here um these guys are really knowledgeable about fantasy football in general and um you know as if you're into that sort of thing well worth uh, giving them a listen Fantastic stuff. We'll leave it there. Hopefully this has given you a nice little uh, fix of Scandinavian football. We've got some big, big developments, haven't we? We've got a, we've got a last 16 Europa League game and we've got Marek Hamzik in the league. I mean, this, you know, the fun gets the fun gets more and more exciting. So, yeah, we'll be back, obviously, to review um, how all they get on. Uh, we wish them the best of luck because if they can make it, you know, this far, then who knows where they can go from here. And if they did manage to get through, then... You know, they would have probably a really, really big tie on their hands. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JFFootball, J-F-F-U-T-B-O-L. And you can follow Steve at Meatman Soccer. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at NordicFootPod. So uh, for now, hope you've had a great time. Hope you're getting through the uh, off-season well. And fire any questions you want on, our, on from the back of this podcast onto our Twitter, as I say, at NordicFootPod. And we will be back soon to discuss all the latest goings on. I think, Steve, you've had a bit of a break from from Finland this week, but uh, who knows, we may well dip into Finland in the weeks to come. So from me, Jonathan Faduba, and from Steve Wiss, thanks for listening, guys. Take care of yourself. Goodbye for this episode. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Take care and stay safe.